<laughs> what are you doing? I feel like what is going on, ladies time. and gentlemen? Uh, yours truly, uh, Zaddy Rock back in full effect, you know what I'm saying? AKA Lil Hoodie Man. No, I'm just playing. I, I can't be I, nothing. If I was a rapper, I could never put hoodie at all in my name at all just because of A Boogie with the hoodie, one of the lamest rap names. But, anyways, you are listening to another episode of Don't Trust the Punch, them punch boys. Yours truly, Zaddy Rock. We got Senator, we got J.E. Yala, the good Cincinnati, man. And we we just, we happy to all be back in this place together again, man. Fellas, how y'all feeling? Feeling really good, man. Really good. Tried this little Mexican deli taco spot out tonight. It was amazing. I tried to go get a drink, but I couldn't find a parking spot. So I just came back to the crib. And it was getting lit like that on Tuesday? Uh, it's, um, it's this bar. It's, um, normally like kind of like a mixed crowd, but I heard like Tuesday nights is there like poetry night and it's more of a black crowd. So I wanted to check it out, but I was by myself. So I wasn't that thirsty to keep looking for a parking spot. So no, I feel that. I feel that. Senator, how you feeling, man? It's good, man. Just getting back in the, in the groove of like a work work school balance and all of that man back to school is tomorrow so but i've already had like my own classes or whatever as a student that started today and so yeah man it's bittersweet it's like the last day of summer bro but i'm 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 excited i'm ready for the routine and everything to get back it was such a it was just such a fire summer bro like i was telling josh i just was able to do everything that i wanted to do this summer while still being able to rest and not go crazy and be distracted it was man it was great so but now it's time for something completely different. So when is the first day of school? Tomorrow. Tomorrow, Wednesday. Yep. Yes, sir. Man, y'all, y'all weird out on the West Coast, dog. Yeah, some is even weirder. I mean, I guess I don't know if this is weirder. How the hell are we gonna have a first day of school on Wednesday? Like what? And then you got Labor Day right behind it. That's the thing. It's crazy, right? Should have just yeah. First day should have been Tuesday. Yeah, or, some some day, some schools started on like Thursday here. I think they like getting the first two days out the way. I think COVID, it means what people are recuperating days that were missed because you have to have, I mean, in most like school districts, you have to have anywhere from 185 to 200 days. Um, and so many days and stuff like that were missed that I think some school systems are trying to recuperate it. So like, for instance, in like DeKalb County and APS and Atlanta, like they went back to school like, like maybe almost two and a half weeks ago. You know what I'm saying? So it just it, it just depends. And there are some counties here in Washington that are going back the Wednesday, of like next Wednesday, which to me is weird. Like, why did you get Labor Day and Tuesday off? Like that was, you know what I'm saying? So <laughs> either way, ain't no rhyme or reason to it, bro. Man. Okay. Yes, sir. How you been? Oh, yeah, I'm good. My bad. I'm so busy asking about y'all. I'm good. I'm good, man. Countdown to um, vacation, like okay. vacation, vacation. Where y'all and going? For people that's going to Jamaica, man, you feel me? Mm. Boom, shiggy, yeggy, blah, blah. Yeah, man, we, we in Jamaica, Blood man. Clock. Yeah, man. In, in Jamaica, are going to be ready to stone you for that terrible Jafakian accent. Yeah, you know, you know me. As soon as you get you off know, the plane. You know, one, one thing about me, I'm going to do me. You stay strong. Yeah, man, but we we out in out in Jamaica and um first like vacation, vacation in the, in a good minute, man. If if I'm being honest, like listeners of the pod, you know, I was in Paris, but that was not vacation. That was definitely work. It was cool to be back in Europe and I enjoyed my time there, but that wasn't vacation. Um the times when I'm in DC or times I go to Atlanta, like that's not vacation. I mean, the closest thing to that vacation was last year we went to DR, but um I mean, I mean, technically that was a vacation, but it was with a group of us. And I just, it was not what I was looking forward to. I enjoyed myself, but I I, I didn't feel rested and anything like that when I got back. Like this, this particular joint, we out there for like seven, eight days or something like that. Oh, yeah. Like, bro, I'm, I'm tapped in, bro. And it's just, it's you and the missus. Yeah, man. What you know about sleeping in, my boy? Hey, that's what I've been doing all summer, dog. <laughs> what you know about going to sleep when you want to go to sleep? Brother, again, that's what I've been doing all summer, sir. What yes, you sir. know about being able to just go out when you're ready to go out? Hey, now you're talking my language. Now you're talking my language. Now you're talking my language. What you know about being able to be free and dance naked in front of the mirror? 
Well, not that's that's Tuesday night. I'm I'm gonna do that exactly right after this. I think I like that a little too much, by the way. <laughs> I don't know on a level of vainness how vain I am, but I I I enjoy it. Or maybe you're just embracing like a, the childhood G-Rock of a time when you could like legitimately run around naked and society would accept you. No, I think I turn myself on looking at myself in the mirror. <laughs> okay. I think that's exactly what it is. <laughs> so we want to get started here with a, a random <laughs> question. Call this segment Rando Out the Bando. You know what I'm saying? And this is where I try to catch the Rando out the Bando. Rando out the Bando. Like yes, sir. So just why I try to catch the brothers off off guard with a random question. And here it is this week. Uh, well, G-Rock has actually already answered this question, but do you have any weird habits that I don't know about? <laughs> do you have any weird habits that I don't know about? I mean, I thought that was pretty normal. So if we want to talk weird, maybe I shouldn't share it. <laughs> it gets weirder than that. Josh, go ahead. What you got, man? Um... Weird habits, weird habits. Um, I don't do it purposely, but like I'll eat like at dinner time. Like say I got fries and a burger. Like sometimes I might eat all my fries first, then I eat my burger. Not purposely, <laughs> it's just habit. Hey, I'm laughing because that's me too, bro. Like I'm. If the macaroni and cheese going in, I might body all the macaroni and cheese first, and then I'm gonna go ahead and handle the cabbage or whatever, the lima beans, and it's just I don't think it's a I don't think it's a problem, but my better half likes to give me a hard time, you know. what I'm saying I'm like, bro, let me just let me rock out how I want to rock out, <laughs> but I'm glad to know I'm not alone, Josh. Word, word. Was that was that exactly what you answered? I mean, what I asked, uh, that, I mean, if that's a weird habit for you, that's cool. I mean, that's- No, because I'm saying- no, it was a little disappointing. No, you said G-Rock already answered. No, he so was saying was about what? me uh, dancing naked in the mirror. Oh, okay, okay. I missed that one. Over my head, damn. No, that's all good. Senator's disappointed by your answer, though. Josh, I'm, not disappoint. I'm not disappointed. I'm not disappointed. Bro, we, we're on video. I can see your facial expression. He's like, you ain't shit, weird, nigga. You always, you, you always put us on the spot. That's the one I got. Sorry. That's, I mean, that's what this is about. It's your first your first response, your first reaction, man. Yeah. Uh, Senator, what about you? I'll go. Um, this is, I mean, this is not unknown to people who are really close to me or who live with me or yeah or who I've been able to be vulnerable with but I talk to myself um it's just a product of living alone for a long time and being an only child I won't say it's only because of that because I know G-Rock and I have had have had similar childhoods of growing up kind of like only children but yeah I mean that's just kind of part of how I process I have to kind of like I verbally process things like that. And so some of it also has just come from living alone, but it's not like I'm unaware. Like I'm not, I don't have multiple personalities or imagine other people in the room. Like I'm totally aware of what I'm doing. Um, but it's also, I think some of it is like a soothing, a soothing thing, but also I know largely it's also me being able to like, just get all of the stuff out of my head and have to be able to kind of like say it and plan it and think about it that way. Um, also because I am like a, a speaker, whether I'm teaching or preaching or whatever, like I have to constantly, like, I want to hear, I like also like you, like you G rock talked about how you enjoy seeing yourself naked or whatever. I enjoy that. I can't lie. I, I enjoy the sound of my own voice. You know what I'm saying? And hearing myself <laughs> put words together. Mm. It turns me on. So Say my, my voice get me going. It does. It apparently, and it does that for other people too. So why would I need you, woman, when I got me? <laughs> I ain't gonna go that far. <laughs> not going that far. <laughs> Definitely not going that far. But it is. It is a. I think a, a weird habit. No. I, again, I wouldn't. I think that. I want to say some. Yeah, I, I think that there are a lot of people that would consider that weird. But again. I do that too. And maybe it's some of the similarities that we share, like you said, but I definitely talk to myself, um, especially obviously I don't preach, but I talk to a lot of different people on like live on social media and stuff like that. And just trying to like rehearse and just walk through some of my thoughts out loud because I'm, I'm a person that thinks so much. So that instead of having those thoughts just running, I try to like just articulate and take my time 
um, with not talking too fast. So that's another thing I noticed when I get excited, I could talk extremely fast. And if you're not from the South, you, it might be harder for you to follow the accent and how fast I talk. So I do that for a, a number of reasons though, but I just, I would like to let you know too, Senator, you are not alone. Thank yeah, you. I think that's normal. I think that's I do normal. definitely talk to myself like a lot. Um, well, hey, I guess it's on me because the, the the naked thing was, you know, it's pretty normal to me. Uh, I think the weirdest thing I probably do that men would say is I definitely pee sitting down. <laughs> do you wipe yourself too after you finish? Reading? I do, and I kind of like lift my leg up a little bit, like I lean like a dog, and then I get the wet wipe, and I kind of just like. Drake Drake would say there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Drake flushes yeah. the toilet when he farts. Damn. Yo, real talk. I'm I'm BSing by the way, but hard bar, not even a bar, just a line. Uh, I forgot what he said verbatim, but Tyler the Creator is basically saying that he was so something that he pees, he like he washes his hands before he pisses. On the um, <laughs> I just like that line. I wish I knew the like the full line. Like I'm I'm not the best rap quoter, but I just thought it was just like an ill line, like within the context of what he was saying. Yeah, he definitely. I think he borrowed that line from um from the movie uh, Shape of the Water. Michael mm. Sheehan's character does that. He goes into the bathroom and he washes his hand before he, before pee. he pees. And the person next to him's like, bro, what are you doing? That's some gangster like, shit. It's like a real man only washes his hands twice. I mean, only washes his hands once, so never twice. So it's like either you do it before or you do it after, which if you've watched that movie and you know his character with that, it kind of symbolizes something about him. But yeah. yeah, yeah man. Okay. There it is, Rando out the bando. Some different things, learning about us um, in some in some different and intimate ways. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's get right into it. All three of us now, over the past month, have been able to attend Kendrick Lamar's new tour of his latest album, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. We've all had different experiences in different cities, um, visualizing or experiencing this tour. Uh, I had a a really, I had a huge adventure, a pretty big adventure uh, Saturday night. So I was the late, the last one to see it. So I'll go last. I uh, want mm-hmm. we start with G Rock. You, I think you saw first. Yeah. And then Josh, and then I'll go last. Let's start with just telling the story about your experience, um, your cra- the crowd response, right? How you, how you felt like overall the crowd received him. And when I say your experience, like you can even talk about what it was like going to the concert and just your your evening. We can take our time here, gentlemen. Uh, disappointments, if there were any, um, about the show, your favorite moment. Um, and then maybe if you've seen Kendrick Lamar in concert more than once, um, for I think for me and G-Rock, this is our third time seeing Kendrick live. How about you, Josh? Four, well, four, uh, I guess that, that would be the fourth time for me. Oh, that's right, because you saw him open up for Kanye. Good kid for, Ye- for Jesus, yeah. Yep, I'm sorry, what'd you say, Josh? It's my third. Third, yeah. So then, you know, if you want to compare it to previous um, uh, concerts of Kendrick Lamar, you can as well. So that's it. That's the guidelines. Let's talk about Kendrick Lamar on tour. Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. Tickets still on sale, if not sold out. G Reezy. Yeah, so I'm a, <clears throat> I'm a flow. I don't uh, mean to be all over the place if I am, but I'm just, just trying to just flow from that night. Uh, first things first, we were running late. We knew that we weren't going to be able to see like the first two opening acts. Uh, at least I thought maybe we might catch um, some of Keem's set, but wasn't really tripping. I wanted to see Kendrick, obviously. Walked in, was getting the ticket scanned um, while he was performing Rich Spirit. Because I was just disappointed because, as y'all already know, like I really, really enjoy seeing how an artist, especially the headliner, how they open their um, their set, like the build up. I've told y'all before, multiple times, anybody that knows me, I still feel like that I've witnessed and experienced Kanye West, the Life of Pablo tour is the greatest opening that I've ever seen in my life. Like, that was just, it was iconic, bro. So I was pissed that I didn't get a chance to see that with Kendrick. Um, seats, I definitely, um, seats, my seating was good, but the way his his stage uh, was set up, I, I guess I'll just start there as I flow. Like, I wasn't that impressed with the actual production of his set like i he they put thought into it i just wish that it it felt had more presence because i was in like the 300 section so i wish that it just it was more 
uh, that took up more space. And if they weren't going to take up more space, I don't know about y'all because I was at very early in the tour. So maybe they made changes, but the monitors I'm used to even like a jump, a jumbotron, they had like a, some skinny screens on the side. Just didn't make me feel like, unless you were like up there on the stage I didn't feel that connected to the, the show and the performance. Um, the highlight of it for me was, I want to say maybe it was all right. Like, all right, I feel like got the craziest um, response from the crowd. So just seeing that energy and just seeing everybody around, like we were, we, we were seated, seating where you could actually sit, excuse me, where you could actually see so many different people from all around. So you could really feel that energy based off where we, where we were sitting. And the newer songs, man, I really thought that Rich Spirit was going to go off. And they was looking, I'm like, bro, do y'all not like this song? Like I just, the, when the beat drops, I expect everybody to be like, hey, hey, hey. I just feel like it has that. And maybe that's just the, the South, the Southern, Southerner in me. I don't know, but I'm glad I was the only one that stood up and did it. Or maybe I would have encouraged the whole arena. That would have been lit, but I didn't do that. But um, Kendrick, he, him as a performer, I think he did really good. He had like, you know, uh, stuff was choreographed. But I do feel like from my experience, like, the energy I think is also still on him too. He has to take some responsibility because I don't feel like he gave the energy I feel like he could have or dare I say should have. Because when I look at a performer, I'm judging from, from my never performed a day in my life saying how, what I would do, right? And I don't know, I just, it just felt, it didn't feel laid back because he definitely did his thing, but I feel like also the crowd is going to flow off of the energy of the performer. Mm -hmm. So I feel like if he was like, for example, when, when um, Silent Night dropped, I mean, Silent Night, <laughs> Silent Hill dropped, if he had more energy, then maybe the crowd would have had more energy. Um, the crowd went off on, on freaking uh, Family Ties when he, for his set, he bought Keem out. Like it, that was probably like stupid dumb lit, but that song is, is ridiculously crazy. Um, so overall, I know that might have been like all over the place. I bought merch. Overall, I had a good time. I just was disappointed that I was late for the show. But I'll stop there and y'all will probably say something that I'll, that'll have me comment on stuff. But that was my overall experience. I did enjoy it, but there was some moments um, that were disappointing. And I just felt like this, this set, the not set, but the stage presence, I just wish that that was set up differently because if he wasn't going to have like the, the jumbotron, I just I think it's important for no matter where anybody's seating, they feel like they're they're right there. And that was the coolest thing about when I went to the life of Pablo, Kanye had the floating stage. So no matter where you were sitting, he's going back and forth and the music was so loud. I think that's a component that maybe some artists don't truly realize, like you don't want your music to be too loud, but you want people to feel like you want that music. You want to be engulfed in those sound waves. And I don't really feel like I felt like that here. But um, yeah, go ahead, Josh. And you saw this in, in Dallas, Fort Worth. In Dallas, yeah, yeah. Yep. So I seen him in Columbus, Ohio. Um, in the same arena, I seen Life of Pablo. And G-Rock, you mentioning that the Life of Pablo music was so loud. The sound was horrible when he was in that arena. And I'm starting to wonder if maybe that arena just doesn't have good sound, period. Hmm. Um, because I felt like Kendrick didn't sound the best uh, for most of the songs either. Um, but I, I I had a great experience. Uh, my homegirl that I went with, she had a handicap sticker. So like we got right in, <laughs> like walked right into the door from the parking spot. So like it was it was kind of like lit. Um, so we walked in, uh, Keem was doing Hooligan. Uh, which is one, probably one of my favorite songs by him. So I was kind of sorry I missed that. But uh, rushed in there, which probably should have went and got merch first, but I heard Hooligan, so I got excited. Mm -hmm. um, but Bay, uh, I'll say this. Baby Keem got more reaction for, on a lot of his songs than Kendrick did. Yeah. Like, that's the truth, the whole truth. But he got a lot of energy um, tracks too, though. Yeah, they were lit for Keem's songs, like, and maybe it's just the energy. But um, well, he, he already has some arena sound and music, so that's good for him. Um, I want to say this about Kendrick: a lot of the newer stuff was falling flat. Like, 
Father Time fell completely flat. Like it didn't even sound like that should have been played in an arena. Like that's how flat it fell that night. And that's one of my, and that's my favorite song off the album. Hmm. And I and I told y'all in the group too. I told y'all, I said, this album don't hit like it's supposed to. I got subs in my car and N95 don't hit like it's supposed to. I said, I said that to y'all a while ago. Um, so I'll stand by that. Um, I don't think this album hits like it's supposed to. And especially, like I said, I got subs. You talking about from a production standpoint? Yes. Like when I play, when I play Puffin' on Zooties from Future, like that's hitting in the, like, I can feel it. N95, if I know it's supposed to feel like that, but it doesn't. And I think, I think that maybe it should, it, maybe that's because it wasn't mixed by Ali. Um, the, remember the only song that was mixed by Ali was um, the arguing song. Um, we cry together. Mm, yeah, we yeah. cry together. That's the only song that was mixed by Ali. Um, so like race Spirit now known as the arguing song. <laughs> <laughs> so um, Rich Spirit didn't hit the best. Um, Silent Hill, Silent Hill kind of hit, but still not the best. Um, the songs that got the best responses was Backseat Freestyle, Money Trees, mm. All Right, and Family Ties. Um, I, I guess DNA, they, DNA response was decent, but it, but hey, Money Trees was my absolute favorite performance of the night. It was religious. Like, no lie. Like, I was so, like, it was so, like, much of a great performance that I couldn't even record the beginning. Like, I didn't even want to mess it up. Like, it was amazing. But towards the end, I did get, I did get the ending of it. Um, I got the, uh, like, the last course, and then the, he did the bridge. And I wouldn't have been mad if he would have let Jay, he should have let us rap J-Rock's verse. Like, he could have let that mug go. Like, you hear me? Like, he, that's how good Money Trees hit. That that's was it. my absolute favorite performance of the night. Um, overall, I think Kendrick is a great performer. Um, I was hoping, I had a gripe about him. So this was my third time seeing him. Um, I seen him open up for Big Boy at my college um, concert. Uh, they normally do a concert every year. That was, I think that was right that was around section 80. I, I forget if it was after or before, but it was around section 80. Then I seen them right after good kid city, good kid, mad city came out for a free concert. That was live. Um, and this one, he still misses a lot of words when he's performing. Um, that's a gripe I have. Um, but other than that, I think he did a really good job. I did have a hot take. I wanted to say, um, because these are my two favorite artists, Cole and Kendrick, right? And Crit is in there too. Um, but I'll say this if you want, if you got one performance, if it's like an award show, you know, the Grammys, VMAs, whatever, I'll say Kendrick. But as an overall better touring act, I'll say J. Cole. J. Cole don't miss a word, he sounds like the song. And it's good every time. Um, so that's that's my hot take. Like as a touring performer, I want Cole, but if, if I got one performance, I want Kendrick. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. I had a good time. I feel you on that hot take too, by the way, because Kendrick know he on that big stage, Super Bowl, Grammys, completely just spazzes, goes off. I agree. Like you said his live performance is like for me with the performer, man. I I wanna I wanna feel to feel the energy. And that's why I think, not I think, that's what I really liked about Travis Scott when I started to see his live performances. You might not even be the biggest fan of some of the songs, but the way he's orchestrating the crowd based off his energy, it's give and take, give and take. And it's just, it makes for an awesome live experience. So yeah. I feel you with that. I had, I had never seen Cole, uh, his, I have never seen Cole live, but y'all know I've said this too, the forest, Forest Hills Drive live version of the album. I can't even listen to the studio version no more after hearing that. 
because you feel it. You hear the emotion. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm 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 big on that, bro. Because if y'all are really, messed up. But that uh, what's that one song? It don't matter. What's on credits? That's the credits. The credits, man. Of course. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, but if you if you are writing these songs and they come from a place, they come from somewhere for real. Right. Then when you performing them, the 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 audience, the listener should feel something. Like I would like to feel. I don't know, man. I I have a very specific outlook on that. As a person, again, that's not an artist that's never performed a day in my life. I just know how how much I connect to certain words and music and how it makes me feel. So I can only imagine how somebody else's words make me feel. Like if I write my own words, whether it's something personal, whether it's something that's super lit and I'm speaking like I'm speaking my truths, like, bro, they're going to be like, bro, every time he rapped that mug, bro, he he had like he in the studio again. You know what I'm saying? As opposed to I don't know if they get fatigued. And they're tired of performing the same songs. I don't know, bro, but it's just you're on tour to give people that experience, yeah. that live experience. I agree. So I feel you, Josh. That's all I'm saying. I think, I, and I said this in the group before too. I think, I wonder if Kendrick punches in a lot during his verses because even I think I pointed it out on like United in Grief, like on the I Grieve Different. Um, when I'm rapping along to the song, the I grieve different comes in before I can even finish like rapping along with the lyrics. So let folks so know I'm what like, you mean. You may not be familiar with studio language. What do you mean when you say punching in? So um, say Kendrick couldn't fit everything in that he was trying to say, he'll bring the song to a certain point, stop it and then kind of reinsert himself in so he can fit everything in that he's trying to get to. Um, and I think he might do that more than we even notice. And he might, like, they might do it so well that it's not that noticeable. And maybe that's why he can't perform the songs like they are on the album. Mm, yeah. I don't DNA know. DNA is a great, his live performances of DNA is an, an, is an example of that. He's never, I've never seen him be able to perform DNA with the level of breath control that is required to repeat the studio performance mm-hmm. or the studio sound of the performance on that album. Um, but I, I, I mean, I'll share a little bit of that as well. Like, you know, when it comes to some of some of the things that Kendrick for a superstar audience who can sell out arenas still, I think still has a lot to do when it comes to his, his stage presence, you know, in arenas. Um, so y'all ready? Yeah, go ahead. Um, so, yeah, so I went and saw uh, Kendrick Lamar in Seattle. Um, this was this past Saturday. Uh, me and my friend, we went down to Seattle a little bit early. Um, we got there about six o'clock. We wanted to eat at Pike Public uh, Place Market. But those of you who know, like it closes right at six. So we, we missed the opportunity to do that. So we parked on Lenora in second at a parking lot. I didn't want to park at the garage at the market because when my mom was in town, we parked at the garage at the market and it took us almost two and a half hours to get out of the garage. Literally, literally. Um, I sat there stewing, looking at the clock. That's how I know. You were in the the car for two car In the car, trying to get out of a four level parking garage. I mean, can you, I mean, I don't want you to get off topic or whatever. They just didn't have the staff to be able to move cars out effect efficiently like they needed to. And that's OD. It was, it was terrible. It was terrible. Um, And so I was like, well, I refuse for us to do that. So we parked at a random parking lot, which probably was more expensive than it would have been at the garage, but I just wasn't going to run that risk. Right. Um, And it was my intention, our intention, but mine, since I was kind of orchestrating the night, it was my intention to completely miss the opening acts for the Kendrick Lamar show. Like I've I've already expressed to y'all, I have no desire. I'm not, I'm not a baby King fan. I'm not a hater. Um, nah, you a hater. That's hate. That's hate. That's hate. But I, I had no desire to see to see the opening acts, right? And so the show started at seven thirty. So we went to Pike Public Place Market, you know. And if you've been to Seattle, you know there's hills and all this other type of stuff. There's a lot of kind of walking. So we walked down to the market. It was closed. Bet walked back up. Was like, well, let's get something to eat. Walked to Veggie Grill, which is an amazing fast food 
it's not fast food, but I think it's a chain of like vegan, vegetarian restaurants or whatever. My homegirl, she's she's a vegan or pretty much want to be almost damn total vegan. Um, and she don't eat meat. And so um, from there, we did a little bit more walking. Uh, oh, we walked back. We walked back down past the market to Pier 62 just to hang out at the water. Chilled there for a bit. Got to 730 and I'm like, all right, let's uh let's let's walk back because that's probably going to take us like 20 minutes or whatever to get back. And then I wasn't really sure the distance between the, where we parked and Climate Pledge Arena. So I was like, let's just try to gauge it like that. Who knows? He could come on right at eight or eight thirty or something like that. I don't want to miss it. We want to see Kendrick's entire performance. When we got back to First Avenue, we completely forgot where the car was. No idea where we parked. We so walked. I think you forgot to leave. You left out a part about how much y'all drunk at the veggie spot. No, we didn't drink anything. Like, you got to understand, like, you've been to Seattle before or whatever. Like, it's not like we parked in a parking deck. You know what I'm saying? And neither one of us live in Seattle, right? So it's like, if you don't mark or ping where you park, all the streets, it's a grid system, but all the streets look the same. Like you just, you're not gonna remember, right? Unless you've been there and you know the streets and you just know where you're at. It's like, when I go to Seattle, I feel, well, especially me, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like I'm in a city I've never been before. For and sure. she, she's lived in Western Washington her whole life and has gone to Seattle, but she not, she not from Seattle. Like it's different. Like if you, it's not like Atlanta where if you live in the exurbs, you still know about the city of Atlanta. Seattle is a whole different world from Tacoma, from Olympia, from living in the peninsula. There's people who never go to Seattle unless you have to. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> it's just so it's its own thing or whatever. So none of us are that, neither one of us are that familiar with the streets of Seattle where we just were remembering things. You know what I'm saying? Remember where we park. So we walked about, it had to be about a little over an hour. Damn. just like a five block radius looking for our cars we walked all the way up one hill looking for it it's like fourth avenue walked down five blocks didn't find it came down walked down third avenue five blocks couldn't find it wasn't really sure if we was on second we couldn't remember like how far away so we i mean it just kind of like we walked in circles a few times and then finally we're like okay let's try this let's try that da, 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 da. eventually found the car when we found the car when we left the pier it was 7 30 when we found the car it was like 8 40 so of course i'm embarrassed number one and I'm a little bit flustered and freaking out because I'm like, oh my God, like if we miss, if we miss Kendrick or miss the whole thing, like this is gonna be the worst and most embarrassing story to have to tell on Don't Trust the Punch and how like <laughs> nigga, we didn't even see Kendrick, you know what I'm saying? Because my dumb behind lost the car, right? So we do find the car. I already paid for parking at the the parking garage or whatever for climate privilege. So that part was easy. We parked the car. It's still a little bit of a walk from the parking garage to the to the arena. But when we got there and walked in, it, all the lights were on. People were still milling about going to the bathroom. I was like, I think we I think we nailed it. I think it's like perfect timing or whatever. Go through the metal detectors, walk up to our section in the seats. And we was in a 200 block or whatever. And by the time we got to our seats, Kendrick, I was like, we nailed it. It was perfect, perfect timing. Perfect, like pitch perfect timing, like God did that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it was amazing. So um got to our seats. Actually, where we sat was not really our assigned seats, but it worked out anyway. And um, yeah, and it, it was it was cool. So um the set looked very much like a fashion runway, you know what I'm saying? And G Rock, if you didn't see the opening of it, it was very much like a fashion runway type of opening. I don't know if it was the same for you, Josh, but you had- Yeah, Josh sent me the opening. Okay, so you had like seven people dressed in like black and white suits or whatever who walked down this long runway to like the center platform. They had almost like the movie Big, kind of like flashing lights that looked like a piano, piano keys or whatever that lit up as they stepped. They were kind of the big steppers type thing mm. or whatever. And they had like a formation. It was also kind of very Beyonce-ish a little bit, uh, maybe inspired. Definitely a, the whole to me, production setting was also very Kanye West inspired, even a little Sunday service inspired, you know, with the drapery and all of that type of stuff. Um, what I liked about how he did the set was that there was lights, there were a little bit of pyrotechnics, but he really tried to do a very minimalist production value 
that was super artsy. And instead of having lights and smoke and all that stuff, he had dancers. He had chore he had choreography. He had different um, different clothing to kind of like draw your attention a little bit more to the stage. It, it certainly wasn't his presence that was keeping you looking at the stage, right? Um, by no means or whatnot. Um, and so, and he started with, he started with N95 was the first song song he did. Although I think he might've done, I think United he might've- in Grief. Yeah, I think he did a little bit of United in Grief. Um, but Seattle was ready. They was ready for him. I don't know what it's like, what it was like in Columbus or Dallas in terms of the demographics there, but it was a whole lot of white people there. Like, all, I mean, it's Seattle too, but it was a whole bunch of white people of various ages. Right. Yeah, but it was a whole, whole lot of white people there. Yeah, he got a crap load of white fans. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's a superstar. I mean, he's commercial superstar at this point, you know what I'm saying, since damn. So you're going to get a diaper. But it was, I mean, it was very much more white than it was even during the damn tour. You know what I'm saying? And an older array of people who were curious now about Kendrick Lamar since he's Pulitzer Prize winning, right, Kendrick Lamar. Um, yeah, uh, overall, though, like just real quickly, like highlights, all of his old songs hit. Every single of his whole, all, all of his old songs hit from Money Trees to King Kunta to DNA to Humble. I love the way he went into Humble because he went to the piano and like played it first. And then that moment, I was like, heck yeah, I was, I was turned. I was I was almost like on level 12 about to embarrass myself turn with no with absolutely sober too. I took a page. That's what's up. Yeah, That's I took a page up. out of your book, G-Rock, and just was in there just yeah, sober, sober sober lit. Um <laughs> but it was it was great, man. It was it was a lot of camaraderie in that way with those old songs. I other than N95, there wasn't Rich Spirit moved people a little bit. Um, I was disappointed with Silent Hill. People was not feeling Silent Hill, and that was my thing. I was in that mud doing the crank that. Like I was, I was feeling Silent Hill, but nobody else really was. Uh, we knew that off a of first listen, there was some question. At least I had the question of what he was going to be able to do in terms of touring off this album, especially if he was doing going to do stadium arenas, because you know this album is not no stadium arena to me feel type album. He got some songs on there that can do that. But I think the litmus test has already been proven. This is not no stadium arena album. It's just, it's just not. But how can you become off a of dam? How can you be the artist now that says, mm, I'm going to do intimate small venues, just 12 shows, you know what I'm saying? Pop up. Type. You, you can't do that anymore. Mm. I mean, he kind of can, but not, not really. You know what I'm saying? Like he did with the pimp. Yeah, exactly. He can't he can't go backwards and do that, I think, right now. And certainly I don't think he probably wanted to. You know, yeah. I mean, I think not gonna be able to make as much money. Not gonna make as much money. He's going everywhere in this tour. Like he's going Europe, everywhere. He, exactly. Yeah. He hasn't Australia, even done the international like, leg tour, you know, the international leg yet. And because he's not putting out a whole lot of videos, this was this was the game plan. Put the album out and let's eat off of tour and merch. Let's just get straight mm -hmm. to it. Um but what revived, I mean, there was so much, so many dead moments. I'm just gonna be honest. There was a lot of like lagging, lackluster moments in the performance. I think he went a little too artsy um, with even like his outfit because there were things that just didn't, didn't connect like his outfit with the gold glove or the puppet or why he was playing the piano or why he had choreography and things like that. Some things maybe you could interpret if you had been rocking with Kendrick for a while, like when he did, um, uh, what's the, I can't remember what song he did when he had the woman in the red dress kind of come behind him and come around him. Maybe was it, it was loyalty, I think maybe, or something like this. That kind of reminded me of the Lucy character, right? That's kind of like, he, he has this had, you know, been reoccurring throughout some of his projects. But just to me, it didn't it didn't connect to tell a story. Um, and it was out of the three times I've seen Kendrick, me and G-Rock saw Kendrick. This was right before Good Kid, Mad City. Um, it was him, Saha the Prince. Crit wasn't there. It was him, Saha, and uh, Corey Guns, right? I so you better not forget Corey Guns. And that was the worst damn performance. Anyway, why? yeah, that was horrible. Uh, Saha was great. Kendrick was great. And I was like, this, I told y'all the story. I was like, this way, I was like, I can see it in his eyes. This guy right here, he's got what it takes. Um, yeah, that was the first. Dam was the second. Dam was amazing. I mean, I just don't, but here's the thing. He had, at that point, three classic albums worth of material to be able to perform. There's not a single song that he performed on that damn tour that wasn't going to hit. 
-hmm. Every single one was going to hit because he had three albums of, of hits. But him trying to concentrate on performing Mr. Morale, just it just wasn't going to work. This is it's not it's not an arena venue album. It's just it just isn't. And so um, I think looking back at this tour, he's going to he's going to realize, OK, when I'm if I'm going to make deep cut albums like this, I'm going to have to think about touring different. You grieve different. You're going to have to tour different um, when it comes to doing albums like this, because that's just. People, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't spend money again to see Kendrick Lamar at a, an arena if he's gonna make an album like this to tour. I wouldn't, I wouldn't pay the money that I did to see him again like that. Um, so that's something to think. I don't think Kendrick Lamar is an, is a great, like full set performer. He doesn't. His personality kind of recedes to being really laid back. Even like his ability to talk and do like crowd chatter in between he's not like a Freddie Gibbs like Freddie Gibbs can just extemporaneously be funny and riff on his DJ and talk about somebody in the crowd and be I mean Freddie Gibbs is also not sober at all when he's performing right but I'll tell you what Freddie does well Freddie remembers every single one of his damn words and can flow yeah. them effortlessly breath control like this nigga swims underwater for a living yeah. like amazing and Kendrick cannot do that. I've never seen Kendrick perform the DNA verse studio performance level, you know? And even when he's doing other songs, he's like, he's not rapping the same way he does. He's slowing down and chopping up phrases and missing words like Josh said. Yeah, like, like Josh said. Mm -hmm. And he's doing that because he's trying to, he's trying to control his breath and while he's still moving around, which I understand, but you not know, you're not, you know, this is not a dig at Lizzo, but you're not Lizzo. You're not some, you're not out of shape. You know what I'm saying? You, you, I mean, that doesn't necessarily have to do anything with your breath control, but you need to practice this. And if you don't have the ability to do that, then you need to be focusing at least on doing some Travis Scott type stuff where you're moving your body and at least keeping the crowd up. But you can't be laid back Kendrick Lamar with a Michael Jackson suit on and glove and think that you just pacing up and down this runway is going to keep people. It's not, especially not on an album like this. Yeah. It's just, that's not going to work. You bring Baby Keem out, Baby Keem does two songs and he saved your set. Baby Keem's two performances, you know how I feel about Keem and those songs, like I wasn't, but he saved that set and white folks or the white kids love Keem. I mean, we are looking at a potential superstar, maybe little, you know, Travis Scott light, not in terms of sound, but in terms of like celebrity in the making. You know what I'm saying? Like the response to him was, was what it once was for Kendrick. So I don't know, long story less long. That was my, that was my Kendrick Lamar experience. But um, yeah, I was, I, I mean, I enjoyed myself. I had fun. He did perform for two hours. He had a two hour set, um, but it was yeah, G -Rock, not performance. G-Rock, you said you felt like he only, I felt like you said he only went for like a little over an hour on your set. Maybe maybe about an hour and 40 minutes for, for us. About an hour and 40 minutes. Nah, he's we walked we walked in the arena at like 9 20 hour time and they said he went on at like right at nine. Right. And by 10 40, 10 45, like that was a wrap. Yeah, you missed some of it then because we I mean, I think ours, it might not have ended right at 11, but I mean, it was very, very close. I mean, it was, I mean, it was about an hour to fit. I, okay, so maybe I say an hour and 50 minutes, but it was, it was damn near a two hour set. Yeah. So let me ask y'all this, because this just keeps popping up in my head. I hadn't said it to y'all in the group or anything like that, but seeing the response from the album, I just think that the, the proof is out there. Like people gonna rock with them. It's not trash. Um, it's just not the album that people were expecting after the wait. So with that being said, how soon do y'all think we will get another album? Do y'all think that him and his team are discussing that? Or do you think they still go to like, hey, yeah, we already started working on the album, but we're going to give it to y'all in another two years, another three years. Like my prediction before y'all even say anything, I would not be surprised if we get another Kendrick album next year. I don't think that will happen. 2024. 
Yeah, maybe, maybe the end of 24, definitely by 25. I don't think we'll have to wait more than another, you know, it certainly won't be as long as the wait between Dam and this one. But I wouldn't be surprised if Kendrick's number one focus right now is, is really advancing PG Lang um, for all of what it is, label, con consortium, consort. I don't know exactly what PG Lang is best described as. Um, but, and I wouldn't be surprised if he's trying to advance Baby Keem. I mean, just go ahead and drive. I mean, Baby Keem's got another album that's ready to go. Put that project out there. I would put that mug out there next year. You know, or I would he might it. drop another album this year. That's possible. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if King dropped another album this year. Yeah, I mean, I would put that nah, out. He, they on tour, he ain't dropping no album. Yeah, I don't think right he's now. gonna drop an album this year either. That same thing, I don't think Kendrick will drop another album next year, but I think we could, yeah, see you're right. They got the European leg, Josh. Yeah, I could see them dropping um Keem at the end of next year or somewhere in 24. I think King will come before Kendrick will. Keem definitely coming before Kendrick for sure. Yeah. Um, but I mean, if I was Kendrick, depending on what Keem's success is with the next album, I might drop my last album and be like, I'm done. Nah, I, I definitely think Kendrick's about to get more active. He'll probably start doing more features. Um, definitely going to get Keem out there, but I, I don't see him dropping before 2024, uh, four. Just because I feel like he has to live some more. He has to live this chapter of not being with TDE anymore, you know, just being his own boss and stuff like that. So I think once he he's lived a little, I think he'll give us another album. But I think I definitely think it's going to be two years because think about this. You could just X off the rest of this year because he's on tour. So that really only gives him, let's say, all of next year. And then sometime in 2024, he'll release an album probably. So I definitely think, and when I think about it that way, it might not be till 2025. Yeah. So who knows? So if not an album, because maybe that is a reach, but now that he, it's weird to say, because we really don't know what the, the details and stuff like that was at TDE. But now that we know he has the freedom to do whatever he wants when he wants. Do y'all think, you know, outside of an album, do y'all think we'll get more music? And even to Josh's point, outside of features of him just being able to say like, hey, here's a couple of Lucy's. Here's some stuff for me just spazzing. Here's a, here's an untitled joint. Here's a three pack EP. Here's a, again, here's a Lucy or something like that with me just, just want to put something out for y'all just to feed y'all real quick. I mean, I think that's possible. I don't think we'll get like, EPs or anything like that. I don't think we'll get another Untitled Unmastered. Um, I think that we could get Lucy's here and there. I think we definitely going to do a, I think we'll see a feature run. I mean, because now that he's got the freedom um, to kind of, and again, like you said, we don't, we don't know all the particulars with TDE. Um, but I mean, I think we'll see, he'll still be present. Um, but I totally agree with Josh. He He's not going to change his approach to album construction. Like he says, he's always got the next project in mind. That's always cooking. But in terms of him actually thinking about, okay, I'm in full-blown album mode. We're getting ready to package and put something out there. I don't think that his, his approach to that is going to change. I don't think he's in any rush for that. And I think with what he has in Baby King, and depending what else he wants to do with PG Lang, I think he's highly invested in that. I think he's highly invested in, like Josh said, being his own boss, being a mogul, and what that could look like for him. I really, I mean, he loves making music. So maybe retirement is not something he's in a rush to do. But I also feel like, I, I mean, I could see him just being like, bro, I don't have to keep doing this anymore. Like, what else, what else do I have to prove? I think he's a lock for album of the year at the Grammys this year. Mm -hmm. I mean, especially since he's never received album of the year before. I think he's a lock for it. He's definitely going to get rap album of the year. So, I mean. Mm, I don't know about rap. I don't know. You don't know about rap? You think who? Well, we can go back. No, we talking about from the Grammys, though. So whether you feel like yeah. he, he deserves it, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, 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 Because, yeah. you know, the Grammys plays politics. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we could talk. We so can right now, people are saying Pusha T got the best rap album. But is Pusha going to get the. Are they going to give it to Pusha over, over Kendrick? Well, Probably I think. Not. It, 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 it depends if Kendrick is going to win AOTY, then absolutely. Then Pusher will get it. You know what I'm saying? Um, 
but I mean, I don't know. I haven't listened to all genres of music because that's the other thing when it comes to the Grammys. Like, you know, I don't know what Taylor Swift did this year. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But she's um, dropping. She, she announced her new album Lizzo, coming out in October. Beyonce. I, I, there's no way Beyonce is getting album of the year, guys. That's that's craziness. Taylor Swift will probably miss album of the year consideration if she's yeah. She's dropping. She announced in the VMA. She's dropping in October. Right. So, Unless, I mean, yeah, but you know, again, what the rules are for eligibility. So it's, uh, it waxes and wanes. All I'm saying is he's definitely gonna be nominated for album of the year. He could win that. Once he's won that, what other accolades are, he's even eligible. The We Cry Together short film is eligible for an Academy Award. If he wins that, plus having a Pulitzer, a Pulitzer Prize, He's already bumped one best rap album. He's got a slew of other Grammys for singles. If he wins album of the year, what 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 else do you want me to do? Win a doggone Emmy? Win a Tony? Then he'll be- What did you say he's eligible for what? An Academy Award for the We Cry Together short film. Oh, speaking of which, did they, did they um, announce at y'all's show that he's gonna release uh, We Cry Together September 1st? No, I didn't hear that. No. Yeah, so my bad. I would have put it in the group, but I thought maybe they showed it at y'all's show. But yeah, September first, I guess it's gonna get uploaded to YouTube or whatever. So it's gonna be, you know, so everybody because they had the, the screening in Los Angeles or whatever. But yeah, September first, we cry together. Yeah, so there you have it. I, like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if Kendrick slowly starts to move out of being a frontman artist and start just, you know, promoting other people. I can see him almost being like a Jay Z at this point, just kind of like. You know, if I ever feel inspired, then I do it. If not, I've just got so much money in my hands and so many other pots. Like, I'm I'm okay with that. He just doesn't have I, anything else to prove. I definitely think he's, they about to run PG Lang up. Um, yeah. they, I wouldn't be surprised at like a PG Lang mixtape um, with, you know, if they sign more artists. Um, compilation. So, yeah, compilation something. I wouldn't even be surprised. Gangsta like, Grizzles. Can't do the gangster girls yep. now. They're gonna let they biting. Nah, but I can't. I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if like just mixtapes make a comeback and people are actually able to rap over other people's beats and streams. Mm. Um, I think that is going, to, I think that's really gonna make a comeback. I think Cole did it with the Uchi Wally beat. Um and people were wondering, like, oh, how was he able to do that? Like, release a freestyle on streaming services. And, you know, normally that's not allowed. But I, I really think that's about to make a comeback. Man, if they do that, there's so much stuff from the mixtape. I want all my Wayne stuff on Spotify. I want all now, that. I, now, stuff on I don't know if I don't know if they'll backdate stuff. Right. But I think going forward, stuff. With like, new agreements newer, yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. I think newer artists will be able to do it and license the beat or, or you know, work work the business out in some type of way to where, you know, they're able to do it. So remember I said this. I will, I will, definitely. Josh is taking over the mantle of hip hop profit, man. That uh-huh. would that would be dope though. I mean, and that could, I mean, in many ways we need that to kind of save hip hop because that would change, that would change the landscape and the culture. Now you really got to rap. You got to showcase your ability to be able to hop on anything at any time.